SAFM 104-107 Nationwide Leading the conversation The Viewpoint Weekdays 8-10pm On SAFM Ms. Gail Masondo, who is at Life in Recovery Coach, Ms. Penny Labiana, who's a media personality, Ms. Tembi Masondo, South African Commercial Catering and Allied Workers Union survivor of domestic abuse. Those three wonderful ladies are in studio in Johannesburg having a conversation with me this evening talking about gender-based violence, solutions-based dialogue. This, of course, all coming in the context of hashtag 16 days of activism against no, for no violence against women and children campaign. Thank you so much, South Africans, for joining us. Good evening. My name is Songa Zomapetre. This is the last edition of November month of The Viewpoint, and I take great pleasure in welcoming as well and saying good evening to my colleagues in studio in Johannesburg, Phineas Vanessa, as well as Lesejo. The time is now 10 past. Let's take, please, a quick head break before we get into it and get into it deeply. Yeah, the number of reported cases rose 3.9% to 41,500 this year. The highest in four years, the South African Police Service have lodged, or rather have logged as much as 440,000 rapes over the past decade, a number that is estimated to be understated, unfortunately, because such crimes are not always reported. Thousands of women and children are murdered, sexually harassed, physically abused, in some cases sold for the purpose of forced labor or sexual exploitation. The 16 Days of Activism for No Violence Against Women and Children campaign is a United Nations campaign which takes place annually, 25 November to the 10th of December, which coincides with International Human Rights Day, to address all sorts of horrific crimes such as these outlined above. Unfortunately, very unfortunately, most women don't know what to do when they experience these crimes. Johannesburg-based organization SOZO have formed small intimate gatherings to share law enforcement information that women need to know or actually be interested in what men need to do more than what women need to know. The conversations nonetheless aim to create an environment for solution-based dialogue that can continue in the future. Good evening, Sis Gail. Good evening, Sis Penny. Good evening, Sis Tembi. Thank you so much for your time and for joining us on The Viewpoint. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having mm. us. Thank you. Earlier this week I had a conversation with Songa Gender Justice Coalition's provincial manager in the Eastern Cape and he coined something which really struck a chord with me as a man, I suppose, firstly and more importantly to address the behavior under which now we will be discussing saying men violence against women he said he had an issue with calling it gender-based violence mm. more than he wanted it to be termed for what it was being men violence against women let me go to you gail what are your thoughts on that i thought it was quite striking as a man especially for me well you know um gender-based violence or what was his coin statement men, men. against um men violence Against women, for men's violence mean, against women, violating women. Yeah, mean. yeah. Um, it's riveting, you know, when you put it in that kind of context. Um, I suppose the thing that strikes me is also we're looking. We got to remember that it is crimes against women and children. So when we say children, there are boy children that are also involved here. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that violence against women, violence against children, abuse on any level, whether it be sexual, physical, 
um, emotional abuse changes the fabric of who we were meant to be. Mm. And so there are many of us that are walking around. I came from a very volatile home where physical abuse was kind of the norm. Um, I grew up in that kind of environment. And, um, you know, trying to figure out how I passed primary school um, just because there were beatings through the night and then you had to go to school in the morning. I've often wondered what would be my personality um, had that not happened, had I not been exposed to that kind of behavior. It would only be later in life when I found out that my dad had um, experienced shell shock as a veteran of uh, the Korean War at that time in America. Um, there are reasons behind, and I think we're talking a lot in these 16 days about what has happened. Um, I'm hoping, you know, for Sozo, we're wanting to get to the why it happens and, and looking for those solutions, because um, I think that's important. What are the root causes for this kind of behavior, this ongoing behavior that's becoming more aggressive, more violent? Um, what, what's behind this story? Please, may I please probe what you have just mentioned earlier on in terms of your childhood, not so much the experience, but the effect that it has on, as in your case, a girl child who experiences this, at, probably at the risk of believing and thinking it is normal, and how that later on in life just creates a replication of the kind of behavior ultimately that is antisocial. The risks associated with that or, or how what your experience for many, I suppose, becomes a way of life. Well, you know, I decided to study behavioral science and psychology because of what happened in my home, trying to figure out why do people do what they do. It certainly did cause trauma, and, you know, I certainly, um, you think about post-traumatic stress, and you only think about it in terms of war zone areas, and we're not always capable of saying, I live in a war zone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, my home is a war zone. We don't use those terms. But you come out with the same type of psychological imbalances that you would have if you were actually in Afghanistan or Congo or somewhere like that where, where wars are going on all the time. So it certainly did change the, and you know, it changed a lot of just basic relationship um, I think my relationships would have been different. How I viewed men, um, my conversation, it certainly caused me to be withdrawn. Um, it caused me to be fearful. Um, trauma lingers uh, for a very long time. Um, I, I'm a counselor in the clinical space, but I've also had to go into counseling um, because it did affect me. It affected how I related even to my own boy child. Um, mm -hmm. how, I, how it affected me, how I related even to my daughter. So there are long-term um, impacts um, and impacts your life in ways that you can describe with words, but sometimes words aren't enough. The way that so it wouldn't be because I understand that you, Sis Tembi Masonda, who is the South African Commercial Catering and Allied Workers Union representative, as well as a survivor of domestic abuse, from what Gail has said, how much of that rings a familiar bell, and how much of the path that she has had to walk is a path that you have had to walk? Um, my path is totally different when it comes to upbringing. My parents were so loving up until they left the, this, this world. So I've never experienced any violence at home. Mm. 
So when I grew up, I was looking at the whole world is the same as my parents. I never thought a man would ever be violent the way I grew up because my mom and dad were very protective of us. Even going to school, we never used any public uh, transport. We were transported to school. And people, if they are discussing what is happening around them, we were like, I was like lost because mm. all I saw at home was love. Up until today, I've never, but what I see now, I always question myself, was my mom and dad so careful that we don't see anything at all? So my take was a shock when I got into a relationship with Ganti. This happens. I really, really looked forward to getting married, thinking then this is it. Now I've reached mm. the stage where my parents were. To my surprise, it was, I don't even want to go there, but it was bad. Mm. The thing with trauma, and I'm just trying to listen, it, it, it eats into your very personality. Yes. It eats into the essence of who you are, yeah. mm. such that long after the trauma itself, physically anyway, the scars, mental scars, internal scars, call mm. them what you will, mm. they manifest themselves in other spaces, yeah. oftentimes to people who have absolutely no reference point as to that characteristic or trait about you. Mm. But because you are acting in response to something that had happened a long time ago, let me come to you then, Sis Penny. trigger. Mm. Trigger, yeah. yeah. Good mm. point. Trigger. Sis Penny, yeah. do you want to contribute mm. so far in the conversation? Yeah, so I, um, my contribution uh, would be like, uh, you know, I'm a hybrid of, of both of what these ladies are. Um, you know, I've I've grew up in a very traumatic environment. Uh, growing up as a young person in South Africa, going to high school, for example, uh, you know, always thinking about you will get jackrolled and you will get gang raped. Mm. Uh, you know that uh, you know how you relate to men because of the violence that is happening around you. So you automatically become hypersensitive. You're looking out for. I'm not going to relate to a guy because mm. he might beat beat me up. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be. Uh, you know, I, I, I must have a, a pepper spray on me. I must be extra mm. cautious of this uh, because I've seen someone being beaten up down the road. And the same love that the parents uh, that this was talking about. You know, you're given that, but your parents are not capable to equip you to go into this world mm-hmm. that you have to live through. Mm-hmm. So that's the violence of the kind of country that we're growing up in. Then you know, in the 90s and in the 80s, as a, as a young child, whether you're in village South Africa. Africa or even South Africa and then you become this young woman uh, who has have witnessed that trauma that mm-hmm. trauma triggers because when you compare somebody that uh, Mom Gail spoke about who had been in Afghanistan and someone who's mm-hmm. witnessed trauma when you mm-hmm. take both their brain the, it's the same. It's the same. It doesn't mm. say whether you were in war or not. And you'll be very shocked, even if whatever traumatic experience you can go through, whether it's a hijacking or an abusive relationship, mm. uh, the, 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 the gauging of your brain, what do they call the thing? The, when well, they, the brain wave. The brain wave. Mm. The brain wave is the same. It, it changes the it, chemical it, makeup. It changes mm. the chemical <laughs> makeup of who you are. Mm. So mm. every other experience uh, that is tra- that that is traumatic, that questions who the essence of who you are, it shifts you. And and that's the experience that I've had, and that's why I work around the space of mental health mm-hmm. to say. Let me action. ask you to hold it there, Sis Penny, because we have to take a quick ad break. But we're going to continue the point mm-hmm. of mental illness in this regard. Song is on the viewpoint.
Indeed, I am back. We're talking gender-based violence solutions around what should be a dialogue of every single day, Mm. or even better, it shouldn't be a social dialogue because as a nation we ought to be moving past. This is a world we ought to be moving past and beyond this. Nonetheless, in conversation with me are Mama Gail Masondo, who's a life in recovery coach. Mama Penny Lebiano is a media personality as well as Mama Tembi Masondo, South African commercial catering and allied workers union all giving us experiences about their trauma suffered as children or as adults or in both spaces as children and as adults surviving that first step but having to deal with the trauma that comes with it especially at a psychological level that's where you were talking at when i interrupted you for the ad break do you want to carry on please penny labiane um so i think uh, you know for me um the where we are with gender-based violence as, as a country we we kind of like missed an opportunity to address it years back, but mm-hmm. it's good that we hear. Um, the sad part is that things have to go as bad as they have, because firstly, we needed to admit as a, a nation that we came from a very traumatic experience. Yeah. There's no way that we can be functional uh, people who build a nation, uh, you know, with the ability of what it's required that we there is trauma that we've gone through. And that's one part that we never really dealt with trauma collectively, trauma as as, mm, as, individual. as individually mm-hmm. trauma in in our own little families poverty itself <clears throat> was tra- is, is traumatizing <laughs> uh you know apartheid mm-hmm. was a psychological project so it means something shifted in the mm-hmm. essence of who we are and we never addressed the the traumatic impact of that we just said let's carry on and you know you we trauma for in a way you take out the pain on those who are closest to you and where we are now is a result of that mm. it's an important point a very I want important you to take point. us to that mm. point as a nation and perhaps you have i suppose the best of both worlds in a sense mama gail masondo what are the effects that this country is actually reeling from that it hasn't addressed both at an individual and a broader societal level coming from this learned trauma we almost had to mm. inherit it from colonialism mm. to apartheid mm. to dealing with the effects of mm. both 25 years on, especially in the last 25 years, dealing with the trauma that we haven't dealt with mm. against the promise of mm. what ultimately is and should be a rainbow project, rainbow nation project with all the constitutional promise that are not materializing at the pace at which either they are expected or were promised to. The consistent trauma that this people that of South Africa are experiencing. How might you propose the nation ought to get some form of healing? You know what? I'm sitting here and um, of course you can hear from my accent I'm a black American and so I'm speaking from, I can speak from that vantage point. Like something as as, um, really interesting that we're calling um, it's Thanksgiving in America for me. (laughs) And so it's really interesting that we have a holiday that celebrates the pilgrims who came over and slaughtered the the Native Americans, and we're calling it Thanksgiving. And then on Friday, we call it Black Friday, where everything is on sale, where in America, that is slaves. when slaves were sold at half the price. And so, you know, in America, we're talking about, can't we just get past the slavery thing? And you realize that in DNA, there is trauma that happened in those slave ships just coming from Africa to America, that we are still dealing with the aftermath. And so, you know, trauma is passed on. It is through DNA, through 
um, ways of dealing and looking at life. And for some reason, we think that we can take an aspirin mm. and some water and go to bed and it'll be better tomorrow. 25 years is not a long time, you know. It, it really isn't. But it's a long time if we do not acknowledge the ills. And people say, why do we have to keep talking about apartheid? Because it happened. And because there are aftermaths, there are effects that this country is going through because of the way people were dealt with, um, inhumane treatment. Um, and, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking 16 days because the U.N. said, that we should look at domestic violence. Um, 16 days isn't enough mm. um, to just story after story after story without some clinical um, look mm. at what mm. we can do to heal. We're not talking about healing. We're just talking one story after the other mm. as opposed to how can we heal the situation. Mm. Why is the template for violence? Why is the template for trauma? And I'm still on you, Mama Gail always the same. You mentioned your heritage as an, a U.S. citizen. A black American. One, mm. A black American <laughs> yes. in particular. Yes. When one looks at the history, the traumatic one anyway, of the United States and that of South Africa, perhaps only differentiated by time, the template for oppression, discrimination, mm. and mm. all of the kind is the same. And the stories that you hear only through different personalities and time that happened in America, happened in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do we move on? Because I'm not even going to pretend as though one doesn't experience that one is in the U.S., but now, especially in the context of constitutionalism, it takes place only with subtleties. Mm. The, the important part of being able to have these kind of discussions more than in August and in um, December Mm -hmm. um, co conversations of this kind where we're looking for solutions are really important. We can talk all day about what has happened. We're aware of the what. Um, I'm really interested in the why. Mm -hmm. and, and the why will lead us to how we move forward, forward focus. I think that's the word I'm looking for. And when you were asking the question, what can we do? It's like, it's almost like it's unfortunate that we don't have a big couch for all of South Africa, black go South for, Africa. Go for, <laughs> go for counseling. Everybody needs. <laughs> you know, we, we need to be able to because what counseling allows um, is a, it, it's not about advice as much as it is giving you opportunity and space to be able to come to a solution. And, and we're not talking solution as much as we're talking the problem. Mm. We need solutions. Mm. This is Tembi, let me ask this before we start talking about solutions, because I'm going to ask this question on the backdrop of what Mama Gail has just said, which reminded me of something that the Chief Justice over the weekend had said, saying that we cannot always blame colonialism. We cannot always blame apartheid. Mm. At some point, we have to face the reality that some of the problems that are here now are mm -hmm. problems that have been created now. Mm. Equally, he went on to say, we cannot pretend as though colonialism and apartheid mm. did not happen. Mm. And a lot of the problems that are taking place now or that as a nation we have to deal with are a direct consequence because of colonialism and apartheid. Mm -hmm. In the context of black women in particular, and I'm asking this because you almost represent the labor force, black mm. women in this country, and I would imagine wherever they are, yes. in many respects are the backbone of any economy because they allow those at the top of that particular food chain the latitude, time and space to really be where they want to be whilst they 
pick up quite literally after them, looking after their kids, leaving their own kids, mm. washing up in domestic spaces mm. as your entry-level small economic enterprise runners that go on to create leaders of the world. Black women, especially in this context, their experience is, and I'm not saying any other experience is not important, but it is their trauma that we really ought to be focusing on because they are the ones whose bodies bear the lashes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will start by going back to the system of our country. Uh, dating back, you know, the system introduced that single women will get bonds. Like houses. Married women were not allowed to get houses when they started introducing these big houses because we grew up in the four-roomed houses. And that created a problem because most of us who were married, we could not leave having money and get our own houses. So most of this violence started then because our husband then he had to go to these big houses and leaving us here as if there is nothing we can do because of the system we had to start there with the scars of not maintaining all the women of South Africa they decided to take a special mm. group of single women mm. to continue mm. De- mm. oppressing the married ones not even thinking of the outcome and then those are the scars that we still have and if you remember very well most of the women, they had to divorce, not because they were, not, they were divorcing, so that they can get big houses. Mm. So the scars that we have, the system of our country, really, really has to go back and correct from the beginning. Because the inequalities in this country are, are, are really bad. Mm. And mm. With the women of South Africa, most of them, they are domestic workers. And these domestic workers... They take care of the people who end up abusing the system, the mm-hmm. labor, the everything, and nothing is done. We can go in the street, they'll say, oh, here's these people. They are now messing up our street. We are trying to send a message, but nobody listens because now they don't understand the pain that take us to the street. We are not going to the street because we are entertaining the street. We go to the street to put that message change but they don't do they will talk about it and then implementation it's a question Mm. Mm -hmm. let's talk about okay sorry if you can no i want you to continue if you can tell me what has been implemented bylaws they said there will be bylaws but we still have people smoking the street and everything and still nothing gets done until the women decide that Mm. now we're taking the law into our hands then we find our sisters locked up because there is no one on the side of the woman. Let me ask this question to you, Mama Penny Lebiana, who's a media personality. Mm. On the 10th of December, it's International Human Rights Day. Mm. Six days later, it's Reconciliation Day. Mm. Immediately after the 16 days of activism, mm. what are we reconciling ourselves with? I think the the all these days are good uh, and well. Um, and these campaigns of 16 days but i for me the, the the reality of what we need to do is we need to do individual work uh that will you know will bring us you know so individually you, you are you take your responsibility and then we you know as you see there's three mm-hmm. of us here mm-hmm. collectively it, we work together so for me 16 days means nothing it's mm-hmm. it has a it's a 365 days yes. conversation yes. and and whatever things that challenges mm-hmm. or social is we're faced with we can't 
focus them on on the day reconciliation is a conversation that we need to be having every day mm-hmm. you know we mustn't wait for reconciliation day to say okay to let's talk, to, to, you know to brian <laughs> so let's talk about reconciliation day mm-hmm. the reality of it is project south africa uh, which in this context we're only looking at 25 years of democracy uh, you know the things that have happened prior to 25 years have had an impact or on 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 who we have become but what are we doing uh, you know where we are now so that the generations that are coming uh, don't have to to deal mm-hmm. with that yeah. so part of it is making sure that every day we 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 taking responsibility we are accountable for our actions and and also it's not just about the constitution you know mm-hmm. there are things that are a universal law you know you people will reap what they've that they've mm-hmm. sown like you know there's people who've been getting away with things for the last 25 years everything has its day mm-hmm. it gets to that moment where you know if you've planted seed you're going to if you planted tomatoes you'll reap tomatoes but yeah. you can't plant onions and expect mm, to right. you know and that's what we need to start we need to start cultivating that mindset as a nation to say okay that's where we come from these are the things that we're faced with but what am i doing as an individual as a south african to contribute to changing this what always also messes us up is like we're thinking if there's not a million of us or 100 of us marching mm, in the streets we can't mm, do it mm, but mm. we need like like the the chief justice was saying those individuals who will be accountable in one mm-hmm. space and they have integrity mm-hmm. and they stand for something mm-hmm. and collectively mm-hmm. we can forge ahead yeah. and get somewhere make yourself a committee ask this question of one in the context of mm. planting seeds because what i understand you to be saying and i can find no fault in the logic nor the argument is what is happening now is because there aren't any solutions or any behavioral changes that are driven at finding solutions so talking and no more than that we can expect the same even in another 25 years from now hmm. how then using your experience as a woman who was abused who was abused those who were closest to you sis penny how then do we have these behavioral changes let's focus please on men because i think the biggest problem in in the conversation of gender based violence men are the perpetrators thereof i mean there can't be any credible <laughs> argument that mm-hmm. take away from that Mm. What can we do in the context of solutions? Men have to to be held accountable. Uh, firstly, by society at large. Secondly, they have to hold themselves accountable. Uh, you know, peer to peer. That's just that. And secondly, uh, we also have a, a role to play as women. We can't continue to raise our sons mm-hmm. differently to how mm-hmm. we raise our daughters. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, we 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 have to start with. You, I hold my brother accountable. I'll, I'll make an example. You know, when that I'm, I'm next hashtag was was trending, mm-hmm. I called my brother. I said, if you're on the list of people whose names mm-hmm. are mentioned, I'm not sticking out for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not sticking out for you. Mm-hmm. I am basically saying, that's what they say. I'm going to believe the person who says this is what until you put and you know mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. you tell me different do you, know, mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying because the reality um, of it is uh it's very easy if we don't start with those who are closest to us it's mm-hmm. easy when it's someone else next door we're like oh that's that's auntie gail's son mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i always thought that there was something mm-hmm. strange going on over mm-hmm. there um, you know but when it's your brother when yes. it's your father, yes. when it's your uncle, mm-hmm. uh, when it's your boyfriend, mm-hmm. when it's your husband, uh, it's easy for us to come with, with those excuses. And and that doesn't mean that there is no loving way that can be done. But we can also accept this thing of like when men are called out, they want to find all excuses in the universe to abdicate themselves, mm-hmm. uh, to say, yeah, but that's not what I did. That's not how I looked at the context. First of all, we are at a crisis mode. Yeah. Rather just say, look, 
maybe I lacked the understanding of what was happening. Mm. And I've just realized that I've caused harm. It was not my intention. I lacked understanding. I didn't have the capacity to understand this. Uh, but what I'm understanding now is actually I contributed to causing this harm. And therefore, I am committing myself to repenting going forward. Mm. But a lot of men don't even want to do that. They want to pretend that they didn't. You know, you know where it starts? It starts with that guy who takes your hand and puts it around your back when we're playing on the play field or in high school and they say, oh, Amushela, it's cute. It's mm. not cute. You're mm. violating me. Mm. And you think you can do that and you can continuously do that uh, until you... Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's the little things that we, we keep um, allowing to happen uh, that they become so big that now we find ourselves in crisis mode mm -hmm. and the entitlement that men that men have and and these these excuses that they keep saying no but i am not trash no you can label all of us but are you holding each other kind accountable um are you question, are you asking yourself have i ever have i ever uh, you know treated a woman in a way that when they mention all these things that the same women are saying have i ever you can't mm -hmm. say i no I, I don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. come on mm -hmm. Come on, 2014. <laughs> Let's take a quick ad break. I want to continue this conversation after the ad break. Thank you so much. For those who have just joined us, we're in conversation with Gail Masondo, Penny Lebiana, as well as Tembi Masondo, talking about gender-based violence. And I would imagine men are listening to this. If any one of you are brave enough to call, please do so, 891 Not because we want to call you out, but more than anything else, it's a question of ownership. Listen up, it's fast fun for all on SABC3. That means our regular programming will be interrupted due to Mzansi Super League tournament weekdays, hectic 99 moves to 15.30 and the Afternoon Express moves to 16 hours. The primetime news will start at 21.15 and Isidingo moves to 21.30. Catch all the matches live on SABC3 and SABC radio stations from 8th November until 16 December. SABC is the official broadcaster of Mzansi Super League. <laughs> SMS SAFM now on 41391. Call Songhez or now 0891 104207. Please call me 0891 104207. Ms. Gelmasondo, let me ask this question. And I don't ask it disrespectfully, it's okay. just a wonder of mine. Okay. Why would somebody who is in an abusive relationship? persist being in an abusive relationship? You know, um, I wasn't able to ask my mother that question until I was in my 30s. And I had a strained relationship with my mom because I said, you know, particularly when my brother and I became adults and she still remained behind, uh, the question was, why are you still there? Because some of the behavior still exists. It wasn't until being at university on university level, there is a syndrome Mm. That's called Stockholm Syndrome. It is a mental um, disorder. It becomes a mental disorder, for the use of a better term, where women actually pro protect, and that is the word, they protect their, um, their husbands, their abusive husbands, abusive boyfriends. Um, the syndrome says, I must, he didn't mean it, he apologized. The Stockholm Syndrome actually comes from a word, well, it comes from the the, the country, um, the city, rather, Stockholm, where um, there was a bank robbery, and the, the, the robbers started talking to the women that were being held hostage and sharing how they had been brought up in difficult homes and things like that. And it ended up when the police went in, 
to, you know, get the hostages out, the the women were saying, you know, be kind to them, not, you know, f- almost forgetting that they had been held, gun, you know, at gunpoint. At gunpoint, yeah, sure. So a mental something, there is a mental shift. There is a mental um, issue that comes about because that perpetrator has convinced the woman um, that you cannot live without me. And that woman slowly, you know, over time, if you say something long enough, you start to believe that mm-hmm. message. It, yeah, you believe the message. Um, we are nurturers by design. God created us to be nurturers. It's hard for us, for many of us. Let me not speak for all of the women in South Africa, but it is hard for many of us to leave um the situations, and a lot of times we say, well, you know, our women are in poverty, um, you know, they, they, they need that extra money. Um, that's not true across the board. There's another mental thing that is happening, that, that a man has made you feel that you're not enough. Mm-hmm. It is brain. It is a brainwashing. Uh, is that the word? No, not brainwashing, brain... Come on, y'all, help me. Brain. Whatever it is, I, I don't know, but I get what you're saying. Oh, yeah, you get to a point mm-hmm. where you don't be, you don't know yourself anymore. You don't mm-hmm. believe. I, and I want to speak, and I'm pro- and I, and I don't mean either to be disrespectful, but there's something wrong when a daughter comes to her mother and her mother says, "Go back," mm-hmm. because I was also beat. Mm-hmm. How, what in the how in the world does that help any situation? Mm-hmm. In my language, they normally say "nyamezela," yes. and mm-hmm. that is part of the destruction project that goes on, which replicates the behavior of men who then go on to think what they are doing is more than justified. Mm-hmm. I want to ask this question yeah. to you, Sister Tembi: What saved you? Because you could quite easily have landed up in a black body bag, six feet mm-hmm. under. Mm-hmm. What saved you? Run away. Your brother. Go. Leave. I had to go. And my brother came and fetched me. Mm -hmm. I remember very well. You know, you're taking me back to that day, which I hate. But when my brother came, we packed whatever we could because that was it. And then the road now building me alone with my daughter was difficult. Because now I had to go back and start afresh. And there are laws that are binding me that you can't do one, two, three. Somebody must come and sign. And you can't, there is no proper way of continuing Mm. until you force your way. And the God above is there. Because sometimes I used to sit back and ask myself, how did I make it through this tough time now that I'm independent as I am now? I question myself because sometimes, you know, you couldn't even know what to do. Mm. But you had to wake up in the morning and take care of your daughter and take care of you and continue and being you. It's starting to build yourself with something that was not supposed to. Mm. Because I was like thinking, oh, when I get married, this will be like my mom and dad. You know, my dad used to sing in the shower. My mom will sing. We all sing. You know, I've never experienced that. So now having to start afresh, I had to be helped by my work. Thank you, Sakao. I had to continue working and having something in my hand to continue. And then it was not easy. But I did persevere up until today. I'm still alone, not even today, but I'm so scared of men. Mm-hmm. I do like them, but I don't want to be intimate with anybody because I don't know what's next. Mm. And I'm even worried about my daughter 
that what's going to happen to her because you know this thing I don't know where it comes from that you attract <laughs> <laughs> that my daughter might have somebody oh, like I had I, I, I don't want that on her I wish I could give you all a hug let me just go to <laughs> Mosereti in Lindenburg as well as Nanda in Port Elizabeth let's contribute please to this conversation let's keep it short and snappy we've got in studio Gail Masondo Penny Lebiane and Tembi Masondo taking us to the top of the hour Mosabat Mosabeti sorry Hi, Songezo. Yes, sir. And good evening to the ladies on the studio. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, oh, nice. I think uh, for my part, it's, it's a lesson I learned that we need to discuss the real issue, why men sometimes feel like this. I, I know most of us men, uh, we have not ventilated on this issue of gender-based violence uh, because there is a, a psychological aspect to us. I think the whole transition to the democracy we've had, no one has taken men through what does it mean when we say we want to demolish patriarchy? What would an equal society look like when we say men and women are equal, you know? Because there are certain remnants of patriarchy where I've seen women still appreciate for them to be there, you know? There is a principle today when I said, and I said, a young man would be dating a lady her age, but they work the same job, and the man would be told you must provide because you're a man. But financially, these people are on the same scale, you know? This, for me, I think it's one of the other aspects that we need to speak about. How men really feel about the financial burden that has always been placed on them since the days of patriarchy. We, we really need to ventilate. And how that has molded them over the years to feel that they are entitled or they have a certain level of ownership mm. what mm. so we, we mm. need to really deal with those issues because mm. in one hand i've seen certain women saying i like him because he does this thing for me but i don't like him that when he does all these things there's this other part of him that appears we need to discuss those issues mm. We sure do, and we appreciate the honesty and yeah. conviction in that voice, my brother Mosebezi. Funnily enough, last week we had a conversation of this kind, and it was quite clear from the caller KGM insisting that we need to have more men, not because we want to out each other more than have the conversation that our brother Mosebezi has just said. Mm. We need to own up to our past. We need to own up to our baggage, none of which, of course, is taking away from those who have to account being indeed held accountable. But over and beyond that, and as important as anything else that ought to take place. Mm. Are men having the conversations they have to be having? Are they understanding their place in society now with the evolution of time and of things? More on this after the break with Ngonde in Port Elizabeth. Ngonde? Hello, Pungan. Can you hear me? Indeed, I can. Okay. <laughs> Let me start by saying a belief is an acceptance that something is true or exists. It does not have to be proven scientifically. That's just the way it is. Mm. When you grow up, Songhezo, you throw your uh, broken tooth on top of the roof. There's a belief that grandmother will bring it back again. That's a belief. Now, somewhere in John Hopkins University Hospital, I think it's in Baltimore, Maryland. Your guests from it the is. U.S. will know about this. So, I, I once read an article, Songhezo, five years ago. It was a Damascus moment. It says, I'd rather die than change. Who are saying this? These were the patients on there, so who have been to the fourth bypass operation through to smoking. You know, these men were saying they'd rather die than change their behavior. <laughs> and the behavior gets changed in the head. Mm. Right? Yes. If you can change it in the head, you're mm -hmm. okay. Now, mm -hmm. two songs. 
Um, as you know, four years ago, I was in the U.S. of A, Lexington, not Kentucky, Lexington, Massachusetts, in New England. Mm-hmm. Now, strong as the experience I had uh, is different to most guys who have experienced. My host mother, Cheryl Neal, once said, I won't be cooking for four weeks, guys, because I will be in a bad mood. I was like, hello, girl. <laughs> How do you know you'll be in a bad mood for four weeks? <laughs> and then, in a quiet Sunday afternoon, I asked my host father, Mansfield Neal, whom I named my son after him, with my son of 189. Anyway, I then asked him, why do you allow mom, I called him mom and I called him dad, why do you allow mom to bully you like this? He just laughed. Ah, ah, ah. Robert, you are really from Africa, a casual country. Women here dominate us. They are not like back in Africa, whereby you guys keep a knob gear or a stick under the bed and beat them up. Not here. You will be jailed. So, so yes, I've got a mixed feeling. Again, five years ago, I was the only one in the Nyonde family writing P when a member of the family sexually abused one of the members. I said, from where I'm seated, law must take its course. Mm. I was overruled by everybody. Lastly, mm. 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 my niece was 10 years old, Oyama, mm. whom I love very much. I teach Oyama, my niece, right here at home. She's in Cape Town now. I say, Oyama, when you do the cooking, don't allow your boyfriend, your partner, your future husband, you know, whenever you get married, right? Or, or whatever arrangements you've got. Don't allow him to sit in the, in the front with his arms folded up and legs relaxing in his lunch, having his whiskey or champagne, whatever it is. He must assist you doing the cooking <laughs> because your uncle Nonda is doing the cooking. And when I cook, I, am, I use both hands, not my genitalia. Mm. So it is not the job of the women to cook, mm. right? So as well the family, I'm the only one who was present when all my four kids were born because I don't have this belief system nonsense. So the belief can be changed in the head. Mm. If you mm. don't change it there, Song Ezo, you're done. Lastly, mm. in Cape Town, I took four men to task. I said, how do you feel about polygamy? Zuma has got six wives, Zulitini eight, you know, Swati 15. How do you feel about polygamy? I said, good, there's many wives. I then said, somewhere in Ghana, there's a tribe practicing polyandry, whereby Penny can have 10 husbands. How do you feel mm. to be one of Penny's um, husbands? All 10 of you. When Penny gets pregnant, you are all fathers. And they say, this is nonsense. They won't accept it. Double standard. Song <laughs> A very good evening to you. And oh, I saw you, Sus Penny. you yeah. the one who was clicking your fingers. No. I saw you. You think no. I'm not omnipresent. No. <laughs> Sus Penny, you want to take it away? Because, because you know what? Uh, you know, I, I, I told you that I'm a hybrid, right? I'm a mm. South African child who read up. I met Mom Gail when I was 17 or 18. Mm. And I used to talk like this in my 20s. And people made me feel like I am crazy. I was to say, this is double standard. If you mm. can do that, why can't I do that? Mm. Now, and, it, and if, if you're saying you don't want that, then let's create an environment where the both of us mm-hmm. can co- coexist and we can work collectively. And that's exactly that. This thing of, like, I tell my brother, I'm like, let me tell you, Lento, you know, of people saying, oh, you know, the woman has bewitched me. Mm-hmm. It's because you're all lazy to cook for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you cooked for yourself, one, you won't, you won't accuse people of corobelaring you. Secondly, you won't, accu- you won't stay in relationships where you're just like, she cooks for me. Okay, and I'm very happy she feeds me. I'm looking for someone. No, so men need to 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 also come to the party because patriarchy, as much as 
it's a system that's been there for decades. The, the modern men can say, that doesn't work. Mm. That doesn't work. I don't agree with that. And they can't hide behind culture. They can't hide mm. behind religion. Mm. They can't hide. Mm. I mean, the most educated, advanced, uh, well-traveled men still go back to default mode yes. uh, and use yes. that. And yes. you, you're like, so it's not the education. It's in the head. Mm. Yeah. He it's just said head. that. Yeah, it's in the head. Mm-hmm. Take it away, says Tembi. <laughs> Wrap up, please. We've got four minutes. I'll give you another two minutes and then I'll give Mama Gail an opportunity to close the show at the top of the hour. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the worst thing that you're scared of in this world, if I go out at night now, if I meet a girl, I will like still be brave. But the only thing I'm scared of to emphasize that men must really change, it's a man. Once you meet a man in the street at night, then you panic. So what does it tell you? that really our men has to change somewhere, somehow. I'm reminded of my friend. She was like from work and then the next thing, this guy came and joined her and she was like holding back that they can walk together. Only to find that this guy just robbed her and they know each other, they're neighbors and it's a man. Mm. So we are not just saying men because we are playing. It's true, men has to change somehow because really, I'm not scared of anything. The most thing I'm scared of in this world is a man. When I walk out in the street now, I'll be scared of a man. If I say a woman, I'll still say I. Not because I can beat that woman. It's just that the nature of women, it's always cool. I don't understand mm. when to become an animal that you see a woman and decide to rape and kill or whatever you decide to do without any conversation. So that's what I'm trying to say. Men must try and change. Mama girl. Well, <clears throat> one of the things that... Um, you know, I live with a man. It, it, it actually, um, my husband is Tambi's brother, Spusiso Victor Masando. And I'm honored, really, in the way that he responds and relates to me. And I think when I see him talk to other young men, my point is mentoring is so important. If you're a healthy male in your headspace, then it's really important to pull other young men to the side and um, have those conversations that don't include off-color jokes about women. Mm. You know, it starts in small ways and then it kind of builds. I really appreciate the last caller um, because there's something very important that he said. Change doesn't start with just our words. It starts in the head space. Mm. It, it, you make yourself, my mother used to say, make yourself a committee of one and just do your part. And for the men who are listening, um, I think it's just really important to understand and accept the fact that we are your sisters, we are your mothers, we are your aunts, we are your um, gogos. We we need different mm. in this country. The, you know, when I go home and I hear about, you know, every four minutes someone is raped here mm. in South Africa and me trying to explain, um, that's not to say that we're not having, you know, crazy, insane things that happen in America. Uh, and maybe it's maybe it's the way we spin our stories, but I'm just saying it's 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 something has to give. Mm. It has to change, Possibly. and it has to change quickly. Today. It has to change very quickly. Today. Um, well, Masondo, yes. Penny Lebiane, Sister Masondo, thank you so much for your voices. Thank you. How I thank wish you. we didn't have to have at all mm. voices that speak such an atrocious truth. Thank mm. you. Thanks for your time. It's 21 hours, everybody. It's time for news. Good evening, my dear friend and brother, Greg Close.